Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus is the Anointed One. I was praying and I heard him say this the other day. He said, the way knows the way. The way knows the way. John 14, 6, Jesus said, and remember, Jesus is anointed, the anointed one. So when the anointed one speaks, what he speaks is anointed. When the anointed one speaks, it's anointed. Jesus said in John 14, 6, he said, I am the way. So the way is anointed. I am the truth. The truth he speaks is anointed. I am the life. The life that he releases is anointed. The word tells us in Malachi, all of this Bible is inspired by God. It's anointed. Malachi says that if we tithe, he opens the windows of heaven and rebukes the devourer. That is the way, the truth, and the life for your finances. Let me say it again. <laughs> because this goes against our mind. We've been praying against the mind. We prayed against the mind in prayer this morning. Started last night. But if the way, the truth, and the life speaks Jesus said that I am the way the truth and the life and then Malachi says that if we tithe he will open the windows of heaven and rebuke the devourer that is the way our for our finances to go that is the truth about our finances and that is brings life to our finances and because it's anointed Luke 6:38 says give and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men give unto you. I forget that this is up here where I can read it. That is the word. It is the way. It is God's way. It is the truth. No matter what the devil tells you. 
He'll tell us that we need to hang on to what we got. But the truth is, it says if we turn it loose, it increases and brings life to your finances. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to step into the way and the truth and the life into your finances. Jesus talked a whole lot about sowing seeds. And a seed will never produce anything. Matter of fact, I'll just tell you, I picked up a seed. We went on a trip and I picked up a seed and I figured out what it was. It was a coconut seed, a palm tree seed. It's huge. I mean, it's things like this, that big around. I do not fear that seed. I do not fear that coconut seed going home and finding a coconut tree growing in my house. And the reason I do not fear that is because that seed is sitting on the windowsill. That seed has not been planted. You have to plant that seed. When you plant that seed, then that's turning it loose. When you plant that seed, then it can do what it's called to do. It can reproduce after itself. I've had other seeds take them home and lay them on the counter, and they've live oak seeds. I picked up live oak acorns. None of them sprouted. They were laying on the counter. They will not sprout there. They sprout when they're put in the ground. And that's sowing and reaping. That's what he's talking about. We sow a seed, we expect a harvest. I've never put a seed in the ground, planting anything, and not go back later and look to see if it come up. Because there's an expectation that goes with it. There's an expectation that has to go with our offering. Because the word said, it will reproduce. It will bring increase. So there has to be an expectation that when you plant your seed, that it's going to bring forth a harvest. Because a lot of times we plant a seed and there's no expectation to it. There's no expectation. We have to expect it to do what the Word said it's going to do. <laughs> so I want you to come and sow a seed this morning. And expect, expect God to bring forth a harvest out of it. We, uh, we've been focusing our, prayer, our prayers a lot here lately on revival. And, uh, I'll give you a def my definition of Revival. Anything that we do that advances God's kingdom is revival. Anything we do 
that advances the kingdom of God is revival. We have a mindset when the word revival comes, and this is part of revival, of people being in the church and laying out at the altars. That is revival. But it's bigger. It's out there when we go out there and we minister to somebody. When Elder Eloise prayed for people's minds, revival took place in their mind. So we got to see revival in a whole other in another light. I prayed for Shay. She's fixing to see revival in the area that I prayed for her in. Anything that promotes and advances the kingdom is revival. And revival is going out. See, Apostle is in Conway this morning. She's carrying this vision out. She's carrying the prayer anointing out. That's what she's up there for. Because she loves this place. But God wants this anointing to go beyond these four walls. Word actually tells us to go into all the nations. That's outside of Crossit. It's outside of North Crossit. When you mention nations, it's a little farther than our boundaries. So that's where she's at. Hallelujah. Uh, I'll tell you, Sister Julie, timing is everything with God. Sister Julie went to the store the other day, and while she was in the store, she started talking. This other lady came up and started talking to her, and she was able to minister to her, speak words of life to her. That was revival. That girl, young lady, got revived in her spirit. That's what revival is all about. Someone getting revived in their spirit where they can, it's like, can't remember what was being sung earlier, but it's like it's, we get in the glory so we can show forth the glory. That's, that's, that's revival. I, uh, the title of this message is Revival is in the Air. <laughs> you just think about it the wind of the Holy Ghost blew in in the upper room revival was literally in the air <laughs> hallelujah see when we think about revival or anything When we put conditions on it, or we have a preconceived idea, 
of how we want it to happen or how it's supposed to look, then we are not fully surrendered to what God wants to do. When we put conditions on something that we're praying for, I've learned that when it comes to finances, you're praying for God to do something in your finances, and you sow a seed, and you and the, automatically there's going to be a preconceived idea that's going to pop into your head that this is how God is going to do it. 99.9% of the time, it will not happen that way. More like, probably more like 100% of the time, it won't happen that way. God is infinitely faceted, and that means that he can do anything, any way he wants to, even a way that we cannot even perceive in our mind. So when we say, I want revival, we say that, but we say, I want revival, but we have a preconceived idea of how we want it to look. Or I want healing. And we have a preconceived idea of how God is going to heal me. Or even, I want your glory, because we want the glory of God, but we have a preconceived idea of what the glory is supposed to look like. And as long as we have a preconceived idea, we're not fully surrendered. It's like we were praying this morning to launch out into the deep to where our feet can't, don't touch. That is a picture of losing complete control. I'm not telling you this is easy because we're battling with the flesh to do that. But in Acts 10.34, Peter said, God is no respecter of persons. So that means that what God will do for someone else, he will do it for you. God brought revival to Pensacola years ago. He did it in that church, and he's did it in lots of different places around the country, around the nation. If he will do it for them, he will do it here. But we can't have a preconceived idea of how, when, or what it's going to look like. But by him saying he's no respecter of persons means that he will do it. It just may not look like what we think it should look like. So we've got to let all of that go. All of our preconceived ideas. We've got to let them go. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 13 and 14. It says, For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. To walk in the ways of God, we have to be led by the Holy Spirit. And it says, 
if you live after the flesh, you shall die. That can mean physically die, but it also means you can die in your spirit. Living by the flesh does not necessarily mean sin. It does mean sin, but it also can mean that a preconceived idea. I've got a way figured out that God is going to meet my need and God is not behind it. You will die in that. Not physically die, but you will die in it. Does that make sense? Okay. Hallelujah. We have to be led by the Spirit. Because being led by the flesh can mean a preconceived idea or a condition that I put on something. Kill your seed. It says if we're led by the Spirit, we are the sons of God. Uh, sometimes when it comes to healing, people have a preconceived idea of how they want God to heal them, but they have a preconceived idea of how they want it to take place. Can't remember the man's name. I just read it the other day. The soldier that came to one of the prophets because he had leprosy. Naaman. Thank you, Rhonda. He had leprosy. He come to the prophet because he was told the prophet could heal him. The prophet gave him instructions. The prophet didn't even come out and see the man. He didn't even come out and see him. He just sent his messenger with instructions. And the man got offended because his instructions were not what he thought they should have been. It actually says he thought he was, the prophet should have come out and made some big deal over him. That's what, it's what the word says. Make a big show over him because he is somebody. So the prophet should have recognized that and come out and made a big show over him. And because he didn't, he got offended and was going to leave and not do what the prophet said. But the men with him convinced him to do what the prophet said. And he was healed. He had a preconceived idea. I'm going to him to get healed, and it's going to happen like this. It didn't happen. <laughs> We've all done that. Or I say, I've done that. Have a way figured out. And it not happened that way. Psalms 119, 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When we speak God's word, it comes out of our mouth. I want you to visualize this. When we speak God's word, it comes out of our mouth and goes right there for us to take the step. It comes and lights my path right there. Right there. It comes and lights my path for the next step. Because this word light, when it says it lights my path, it's actually not shining a light on your path. It's the same word used in Genesis when God said, let there be light before the sun and the moon was created. 
is the same word which means to illuminate, which means to release the wisdom and knowledge of God. Hmm. So when he says his word is a lamp under my feet, it's saying his knowledge, his wisdom, what he speaks to me is what lights my path. That's what I step on. That is the solid rock that you step on, is his word. <laughs> Hallelujah. When we speak, or when God speaks, we actually have two choices. We can receive his word as a good suggestion. Or we can receive his word as a solution. His word is a solution. If we can, if we can get that revelation right there that when God speaks concerning a situation in our life, it is a solution to the problem. It may not look like the solution. That's the thing. Most, a lot of times when God speaks, His Word does not look like what we want it to look like. It's a, but it's a solution. I remember years ago, we had been to the Dr. Marcerillo conference, and at the conference, God told me, I was looking for a financial breakthrough. And he told me on this day, by this time, I don't remember the date and the time, but by 12 o'clock, at the end of this day, you'll have a financial breakthrough. He told me. Okay, I'm go home. Know what that date is. And I'm praying. I'm praying. I'm working the night shift when that date rolls around. I go to work at 10 o'clock at night, and I'm still praying. I say, God, you said this. There ain't nobody out here going to give me a financial breakthrough. But this is what you said. I kept that word before him. 11.59. I'm talking about like one minute before the day was over. He downloaded a revelation. Was not what I was expecting. I was wanting a check in the mail. I'm just saying, I wanted a check in the mail, but he gave me something much more valuable than a check in the mail. He gave me a revelation. A check in the mail can be spent. And then you'll need another one. A revelation works. And works. And works. And works. And keeps on working. So we have to have a... So when God speaks, His Word is a solution to our problem. See, that's what tithing... I wasn't even going here, but I'm going to. 
That's what tithing is all about. It's a solution to finance the kingdom. If we view it as God trying to take from me, if we view it from that, we've got the wrong perspective. Our perspective has got to change to see that God is not trying to take something from me. He's trying to get me to sow a seed so that he can get something through me. That's what giving is all about, too, so that it can come through us. Hallelujah. It's a foundation you can build on. Exactly. Hallelujah. So if you're struggling in your finances, sowing, I'll tell you our testimony. We got married and moved into a, lived in a trailer. A rent is where I was renting at, so we moved in there. And then we uh, went to the real estate agent, which, you know, they tell you the truth. I'll just tell you. They'll tell you the truth. They'll tell you what you want to hear. Had a nice three-bedroom brick house. And they had it all figured up on paper now. I mean, you could look at it on paper where we could make the payment. They didn't tell us that trying to make that payment, we couldn't buy groceries. You know, we were young. I'm talking about young. That we would hardly have any money left over to buy groceries with. We couldn't go to Monroe and go eat out every once in a while. There wasn't no money for that. We literally at times scraped up change just to go get a Coke and a candy bar. But the real estate agent said we could afford this house. He said that, oh, you're going to get raises. Uh, I did, but they wasn't enough to do. They weren't enough to do much. We struggled and we struggled and we struggled. That's before we knew to how to hear the voice of God. It was a good idea. The house was a good deal. So we jumped on it. But God moved us out of that. He taught us a lesson. He let us learn some stuff. But sowing and reaping works. We actually started tithing while we were living in that house. Imagine that. Barely scraping by, but we started tithing anyway. And we found out when we tithe, things were easier. It was easier. We still didn't just have money just flowing everywhere, but it was definitely easier. Things would start to look like they were tight, so we would withhold our tithe because we need it for something else. Something would break, and the repair cost was equal to our tithe. So it's like, uh, I'd rather my stuff work and give my money to God than give it to a repairman. It, it works that way now. 
It works that way. In Malachi 3 where it says that God will rebuke the devourer for our sake. I was talking to God about that one day. Actually standing in the bathroom, looking in the mirror, talking to God. You said you would rebuke the devourer. You know what I heard? I'm looking in the mirror and he says, I rebuke you. I was my own devourer. Because I wasn't praying and going by the principles. I wasn't listening to his word. Buy things I didn't need. I mean, I don't, it, it doesn't matter. If you got the money, it don't matter if you got 10 fishing poles. That's fine. But if you've got 10 fishing poles and don't have food on your table, there's a problem. If you've got a closet full of clothes and no food on the table, there's something out of order. But his principles work. They work. I wasn't even going to teach on finances today. <laughs> but apparently that's what he wants. Because in Malachi it actually says that when we grab a hold of that principle and it begins to operate and work in our life that the nations will call us blessed. Nations will call us blessed. I heard a minister the other day teaching and he carried me to another level of thinking. We think, and I think this way, and it's, it is true, but there's another level, that when someone gives to us that it is we are blessed we are blessed by God that is true but who is really blessed by God exactly the one who gave the one who had enough coming in that they could give to someone else the receiver is blessed by God but the one that was able to sow into somebody else they are really the one that's blessed by God. That's a whole other realm. Because we like to talk about God blessed me with this, God blessed me with that. Whereas I bless someone with this and I bless someone with that. That's where God wants to take us into that realm so that we can bless other people. And it does take getting out of your comfort zone. It will. Just tell you up front so that you're not surprised. But God wants His people blessed. He actually showed me one day, He showed me two bills. They were folded where you couldn't see the denominations. Because the denominations, how much they are, is not what's important. What's important? 
He says, when we tithe, that opens the windows of heaven for God to pour out a blessing. And he showed me that a blessing is not always, most of the time, a blessing from God when it comes to your finances is a revelation. Because a revelation cannot be shaken. It will stand from now on through eternity. So most of the time when he gives you, blesses you from your tithing, it's a revelation that comes forth. And he had shown that other bill represented uh, Luke 6, 38. When you give, God will open the hands of men to sow back into you, to give to you. But one, one mistake that we make in that is if, if I give to you, I don't expect you to give back to me. That's what we do, though. I sow into you. I expect you to bless me back. That's not what it says. Most of the time, the blessings will come from somewhere that you've, maybe someone you don't even know. We cannot put any, expect, any preconceived ideas on it. We just got to have an expectation. Because the word says, you sow, you reap. You sow, you reap. It actually says, he that sows sparingly will reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. My bountifully may not be yours. That's why we got to hear the Holy Ghost. We got to hear what he tells us to sow. And we sow that. When we sow what he's told us to sow, we have sowed bountifully. And then we will reap bountifully from that. Hallelujah. It all comes down to being led by the Holy Spirit. Not our mind, but led by the Holy Spirit. If you need a revelation of sowing and reaping, I want to invite you to come. I, uh, I taught on tithing, giving. Those two scriptures, I taught them for years. And my checkbook was read. Had shut off notices. Still teaching because the Word is the truth. My checkbook didn't show it to be the truth, but the Word was still the truth. Until one day, one day I I done had all of it I could take. Sometimes we got to get to that point to where it's I can't take no more. God. On a Wednesday night, I come up here and for after service, I told Apostle Alain. Then I come walked up to the edge of the platform. The service was actually over, and I told her I says I've got to know that God is more than enough. 
I've been teaching it and teaching it and teaching it, but yet I did not know it. I knew it here. I did not know it in my spirit. And I got a breakthrough. I remember Brother Ernie was one of the men. Some of the men gathered around me and prayed for me. And when I left that night, my checkbook was still red, but I, still, but I knew that I knew that I knew because I had a revelation then. And it could not be shaken. The devil couldn't shake it. I knew that God was more than enough. And that's what we got to get to. We got to get to the place to where it doesn't matter what it looks like in the natural, that the word is the truth. When Peter stepped out of the boat, that was not a natural thing to do. You don't step out of a boat in the ocean. But he had a word. He didn't haphazardly step out. Jesus said, come to me. Talking to Peter. And Peter stepped out. If the others had got up and said, hey, uh, I want to do that too. Jesus would have probably said, okay, you come. It wasn't limited to Peter. Peter was the one that says, hey, I want some of this. You walking on the water, I want some of that. And God spoke and he stepped out. So if you need a revelation that God is more than enough, I want to invite you to come. It will change your life. I'm not going to say it's going to be instant. But you'll have, a, you'll have a knowing down in your spirit that the enemy can't shake. Because right now the enemy, with the economy like it is, the enemy shakes. I'll just give you all a testimony. After I retired, I took my 401k and, to a lady and she invested it. And I had so much in there. And, and it, I went back about a year later just talking to her. And she had pulled it up looking at it. And, and this was during all this COVID mess. One of my, thing, one of my financial things had increased by a third. <laughs> I just smiled at her. She's a Christian lady, but it's like, she was, she was surprised. I'm like, well, I didn't even feel surprised. It's like, okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you. I'm not anywhere close to where I need to be or even want to be. But I know God, the devil is not going to finance kingdom of God it's got to come through his people that's why he fights it so hard thank you again for tuning in with us if this word ministered to you please consider sowing a seed to freedom ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com we have made it available to you on the giving page thank you again go and be blessed in Jesus name